Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Growing up as a kid, math was never my thing. I was not a math person. Maybe it stems from when I was just a little dude and I had to do multiplication tables. Remember those? It was like you had to get through 40 of them in a minute, and I was like, ah, oh. it wasn't that I didn't know. We found this out later. I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't know the multiplication tables. I literally, I was like so slow in writing, I couldn't even write the numbers 1 through 40 in the 60 seconds. So it caused like this anxiety, like, oh, no, multiple, we got to do this, right? And, and that kind of stayed with me, this, this fear of math. Uh, and I remember in high school, I was in Algebra 2, and at the end, I don't know about you guys, but at the end of that class, uh, there was a big test that you had to take right? And that test, which was pretty long and pretty hairy, right? Um, It kind of determined your path in math going forward in high school. For us, uh, if you did well on the test, you went to pre-calculus. If you didn't do well, you went to, well, we called it dumb math. I don't know what the actual name was. Uh, So, you know, struggling in math, I, I took the, I studied as much as I could. I took the test. I thought, you know, I did pretty well. I did okay. Uh, Well, then the teacher called me into her office, and she said, uh, I've taught a lot of smart people, but I've never seen anybody get a perfect score. I was like, huh? She said, I think you might be a genius. I'm like, what? <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Uh, but for a second, you guys believed it. And boy, I felt really good that you believed in me. No, I, I did not get a perfect score. I instead found out that I had barely passed. Uh, and basically what they said is we want to use you as a guinea pig because we're looking to start a third class. It's going to be an online-only class. So Gen Z, who had to go through all the, the COVID online-only classes, I, I resonate with you. It was Algebra 3. They invented a class for me, so that was kind of fun. Uh, but I learned in that, like, math just is not my, I'm not a math guy. That's not, I actually learned later on that I'm pretty good at just not, like, academic school math, you know? Um, but I learned that's not who I am, which is such a nice thing, being here at Christ Memorial, being able to be the pastor and have so many people who are so intelligent when it comes to our treasurer, when it comes to our financial secretary, all these, they get together and they discuss budget, and I'm like, hmm, okay, interesting. And at the end I go, so, thumbs up or thumbs down? Like, is this good things, bad things? Like, you, can you give me a summary version of this, Right. Uh, I just, I learned to trust those who are experts in that regard. And I think it's important to, to know who you are, to know your strengths, to know your weaknesses, to know your identity. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, is that question about identity. Before we go into that, let's go to our God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for the chance to share your message. Of course, Lord, let it be your message. This isn't about the words that I thought of or the words that I speak. This is about your message, and I pray, just as on Pentecost, your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us, and myself included. Lord, let your truth be known in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Special welcome to those of you watching online. It is great to have you with us. If you're watching us live on Sunday morning, do us a favor, hit share. That is a way to invite all your friends to church this morning. We do, of course, record all of our sermons. If you want to share any past sermons, they are available on YouTube. So there is this great question that we all ask. I think at least at some stage in our life, perhaps throughout our entire life, we ask this same question. Who am I? Who am I? Right? It's kind of a loaded question, simple and yet loaded. 
And, and it's something that so many people struggle with. I did some research on this. In 2019, the self-help industry, asking that question, who am I? How can I be better, right? They estimated to be a $9.9 billion industry. In 2021, they said almost one in four Americans were actively seeking professional help, counseling, psychiatrists, et cetera, for things of mental health, the, the, those questions of who am I? How can I know myself better? Ancient times, like this isn't a new problem, in ancient times, the temple of Apollo, right, it had this inscription on the top, know thyself. They believed that to be one of the core tenets which sounds very similar to, to Shakespeare and Hamlet, to thine own self be true, right? As Christians, we believe that we are made in the image of God, that he gave us free will, the ability to, to think for ourselves, to reject if we so desire his love. But that's really more corporately. What does it mean to ask the question individually, who am I? I think it's a question that we all wrestle with. And we're not alone in this. We're not alone. If you look through scripture, there are a number of, of people who have asked this question, who am I? Wrestled with their identity, right? I think to Moses. Moses who struggled with the fact that he was an orphan, that he was then raised in the Pharaoh's court, raised as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, but then was a murderer and ran and was a wanderer. I think of David who, who wrote the psalm that we heard earlier, who was a humble young shepherd, but then suddenly was, was thrust into this position of this prodigy, this, this young king. And then he was an adulterer and also a murderer. And then he was a psalmist. All these things contained in one person. Or, of course, Paul. Paul, who literally was so transformed that he changed his name from Saul. He went from being a Jewish zealot who, who brought violence upon Christianity to suddenly, through an external force of God speaking to him, everything changed, and he became the greatest voice to spread Christianity. Changed his name. That was how much his change in identity meant to him. This question of who am I is hardwired within us. And there are so many ways to identify ourselves, right? If I were to ask, you know, some of the folks sitting here, some of the middle schoolers, whatever, you know, you ask, hey, well, who are you? What, what, what are you all about? And they would say, oh, I'm a volleyball player, right? They identify themselves with their hobbies. I'm a, I'm a band kid. I'm a Boy Scout, right? And as adults, we look and like, oh, that's, that's cute that you're identifying yourself with just that one thing, right? But let's be honest. What's the second question you always ask when you meet somebody? First one is, what's your name? And then, what do you do, Right? We assign this label, and you say, I'm an accountant, I'm a lawyer, I'm a pastor. We say, this is my identity. And then the issue is you have this, this crisis of conscience when suddenly that thing is no more. Whether it be you physically can't do it, or, or you retire, or you lose your job, or, or let's say your identity is being a mom, and suddenly your kids are off to college, and you're going, who do I cut the crusts off of the sandwich for? And your husband's going, I'll right here, I'll take it, Right? We have this crisis of conscience when we assign a certain task to our identity. So, who am I? That's the question that we have to ask. Really, it comes down to there are external and internal forces that help to define that for each individual person, right? You can listen to people. You can listen to the world. Oh, the world. The world will love to tell you who you are. They're just itching to tell you who you are. You open up a magazine, they still have those, right? They open up a magazine that's telling you, well, 
you're a little pudgy. You may want to lose a little weight. Or they say, well, you know, you got to adopt this habit of discipline. Yep, just these 10 easy steps. Or commercials say, well, you're, you're a mom, but you're not the best mom. Or, or you're a worker, but you're kind of lazy. But if you had our product, then, then you'd be better. The world would love to tell you all your flaws and all your weaknesses. And if you let just the world define who you are, that's what's going to happen. But what about internal? What does it look like to know who you are internally, to ask that question, right? You can kind of go on a self-reflecting time, go and, you know, whatever, try and figure out who you are. But there are some practices. Because it's not about just what you do. It's not about what groups you're part of. It's about your core values, right? I write all my sermons, and I've got two of these notebooks. And on the first page of this particular one, I've written here, this notebook belongs to Tyler Moore, core values. And I wrote them out, and then I wrote, what makes me, me? And I kind of wrote my own mission statement. And I would challenge you to do the same. Ask yourself, and be as specific as possible. What are the things that I stand for? What are the things that make me, me? What's my mission statement as I go through life? It gives you some direction. It gives you that internal idea. Now some of you are saying your thing, this is all well and good. This is a, a great TED talk, but aren't you a preacher? Shouldn't there be like God in this, right? This has nothing to do with the readings. What are you talking about, preacher man? Well, I thought you would never ask. See, Moses. I mentioned Moses earlier. He asked this exact question. Who am I? But he asked in a different way. When he was confronted with the burning bush, which we know to be the presence of God, so he's literally face to face with the almighty God himself. And God gives him a mission and says, you are going to lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. That very place you just came from, that place you just ran from, where you're seen as a murderer, you're going to lead them out of slavery and into the promised land. And how does Moses respond to this challenge, this call by God? Who am I? Not who am I, who am I? It doesn't come from a place of identity. It doesn't come from a place of I need to know myself more. No, it comes from a place of insecurity, of guilt, of shame. What he's really asking is, why me? Why did you pick me? Why am I so special? We know later on that, that Moses says that he struggles in speaking to people, and so maybe that's ringing in his mind. He says, why me? In our first reading today, in Psalm 8, maybe you missed it, but you have this whole opening talking about how God has created the heavens and the earth and all this amazing, majestic stuff. And then David says, what is man that God would care for them, that God is mindful of them? Essentially, it's a question of who are we when compared to the glory and the majesty of creation? Like, if you ever look at the other animals in this world, it's kind of bizarre how we became the ones that are the top of the food chain, Right? Like, we don't have claws, we don't have armor, we can't, we're not super fast, we can't really climb trees all that well, and yet here we are because of our intelligence, because we were created in God's image. That question of who are we? And it goes on to say, well, why, why are we so important that you have given us dominion, care over this world? Because that's the challenge that God gave to mankind, to Adam, to Eve, and to all their descendants, to, to care for this world which we've been doing a pretty terrible job at, by the way. <laughs> but this idea of who am I, why me? Who am I? 
This is the question that far too often rings in our mind of insecurity and weakness. They say that the number one fear in people is public speaking. The ability to get up in front of people and to talk. Like, you can talk. You can all talk. But to get in front of people, oh, suddenly something changes. And as a pastor, I've, I've asked a lot of people, hey, could you share your testimony? And they say, not me. Nobody wants to hear from me. That's that question. Who am I? You are the person with the testimony. You are the person with the story. That's coming from a place of insecurity, of shame, of guilt, of listening to the world that points out your flaws, rather than saying, I am proud of my story and how I got to where I am today. I am proud of my strengths and my weaknesses. I boast in my weaknesses. Maybe you're thinking, hold on now, two weeks ago, wasn't the whole sermon about humility? This whole like pride and who you are thing, this seems to kind of fly in the face of that. Yeah, and then last week I told you not to let the world shrink you. Remember that? See, being a Christian means living in balance. Balance between humility, recognizing that yes, compared to God, we are nothing. Compared to the glory and what God designed for this world because of the sin that we have in our lives every single day, we, we fall so short. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Compared to that, yes, we have humility, but at the end of the day, we also know that we are with the great I am, that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, that he gave us gifts and talents, that he helped us persevere through a story that can help others to walk through their journey. Let's stand somewhere in the middle of humility and pride and say, I am proud in who I am as a child of God. Now, this is kind of a, a, a spectrum, right? A pendulum in which we swing from one side to the other. I already talked about Moses saying, who am I, God, that you're picking me to go and save the Israelites? I'm just a guy. Uh, pick somebody else. What's funny is by the end of his life, he's on the other side of that pendulum. At the end of his life, he literally takes credit for something that God did. And that keeps him out of the promised land. That hubris rears its ugly head. So we have to find a way to find balance. Humble and yet proud as children of God. That is who we are. That is our identity. Now, why does this all matter? Why am I talking about all this? Well, because just like Moses... When he was sitting in front of the burning bush, we have been given a task. We've been given a calling, a challenge, a mission from God. We see in our gospel reading, Jesus gives pretty explicit instruction. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Not just people who look like you and talk like you. All nations. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, all that he commanded us, remember what Jesus, when asked, what are the most important commandments? He broke it down to love God, love people. That's what we should be teaching people. See, just like Moses, we have been given a mission, and it is just like Moses, a rescue mission. Moses was sent in to rescue the Israelites from slavery. We've been sent in because there is a crisis in this world. There's a crisis in this community because there are far too many people who are trying to survive without hope, without true love, without the concept of grace. They are doing the best they can without having those in their life. I've heard preachers and 
Christians, leaders, politicians say that there is a, a war going on, a war against the forces of evil in this world. And perhaps there is, um, but we aren't the ones to take up arms. It's not our job. Christ already did that. Christ already took on the evil and vanquished it, defeated it. And so the evil can't win in this world. But on its dying gasp, the evil is doing everything it can to take out as many people as possible. And there are people who are hurting. Our job isn't to take up arms in the war. Our job is to go out and find the casualties. We aren't the warriors. We're the medics. We've been sent by God. We have been given a challenge, a calling. God gave you a mission to go out into the world and help them to heal, to, to heal from the darkness and the pain, to heal from trying to live for so long without hope and without grace. And we don't get the luxury of saying, who am I? Somebody else is more qualified for that. Imagine a battlefield and you see your brother in arms who is down and hurting. You're going, well, I guess I better wait for a medic. I guess I better wait for somebody who knows how. No, you're going to go in and help that person. You're going to pick them up. You're going to carry them as far as you can. We don't get the luxury of saying, well, I'll wait for somebody who's theologically trained. I'll wait for, for a bigger church, a well-known pastor, whoever. Maybe I'll do this. No, you are there then. You are here now. You're facing people in this world who are living in the midst of that crisis. A couple of weeks ago, I asked some questions. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the way to salvation? That to believe in Jesus is to be set free from sin and thus be given entrance into heaven? Do you have people in your life who have rejected that? Yes. What are you willing to do to fix that? What are you willing to do to change that? Because God has given us a mission. And we aren't allowed to say, <laughs> no, 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 not me. Not me. No, God put you and your story and your strengths and, yes, your weaknesses into that situation and gave you the ability to speak, gave you the ability to do, gave you the ability to be a role model, gave you the ability to love. Who am I? This is the question that rings in our ears. Who are you? You are loved. You are redeemed. You are called by the almighty, all-powerful, the great I am. So as we live our lives, as we live as part of this church, as we live as part of God's church in this world, let's be who he called us to be. Let's be who he says we are. Let's step up to God's mission to reach out to the hurting, to the lost, to the broken, the ones who are crying out and trying to survive in this world. Let's bring grace to the world because we are who God says we are. Amen.